Well, good morning. We are in part 27 of our Reflecting the Light series. Titled today, Loving One Another, we've been doing this study all year long in the book of John. We called it Reflecting the Light because Jesus was called the light of the world in John 1, and He is the one that combats the darkness. Jesus is the light, and we are called to reflect Him. As disciples, we're called to be a reflection of Jesus so that we can bring and draw others to Him. Last week, we started this conversation that's going to continue. We are in the part of John where it's beginning the last week of Jesus' life. And so if you were here and you watched last week, Jesus did something that was kind of out of character. He stopped and washed the disciples' feet. Now, he's the teacher. He's the rabbi. He should be commanding them to do things for them to serve him. But instead, he made himself vulnerable. He took off his robe and he got down and he washed their feet. Such a huge, huge step. He showed them that they were to serve one another. And he commanded them, actually, to serve one another. So today, and, and, and here's another thing. Not only did he do that, but just after that, he shared that, that one of them was going to betray, betray him. And, and it, you know, it was Judas. He kind of hinted that it was Judas, but not everybody understood that. They didn't understand what was going on. But he washed Judas's feet as well. Did he show Judas the same love and respect by washing his feet, just like he washed everybody else, even though he knew that Judas would be the one to betray him? Now, where we pick up today is in verse 31 of chapter 13. We're continuing that conversation. Judas is just now leaving. He had, Jesus said, the one I dip my bread in and give to, that's the one that will betray me. Not everybody heard this. I think it was, I think it was just uh, John that had heard it. Because everybody else thought Judas was going to either pay for the food or do some other errand that, that Jesus had for him. But really what he was going to do was to betray Jesus. And so we pick up in verse 31. So I want you to look at John 13, 31. We're going to talk about this for a little bit. Understand that this is happening right after Jesus washes their feet and they have their meal together. Then it says, as soon as Judas left the room, in verse 31, Jesus said, The time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory, and God will be glorified because of him. Now remember, Son of Man, he's talking about himself. And since God receives glory because of the Son, he will give his glory to the Son, and he will do so at once. Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. For your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Now Jesus has just shared with them that, like, look, I'm not going to be with you much longer. They didn't understand this. We're going to get into that a little bit more next week. But they did not understand what was happening, what he, was, what he meant, because they did not think of the Messiah in that way. Remember, they thought the Messiah was going to come in and lead them to a political rulership over the world. But instead, he came to bring us into a place of reconciliation with God so that we 
can spend eternity with him. So when we understand that, we have the advantage of all of Scripture to understand that. And it's a concept we don't really get. But Jesus was coming into his last week. If you knew that you only had a week to live and you had people that you were teaching and your family and everybody around you, what would you say? What would you do? What words of wisdom would you impart? If you could pour into the ones you love one last time, what would you say? It's a big question, isn't it? Of course, we have some probably pretty quick answers. Hey, I love you and and take care of this and take care of that. Jesus was taking his disciples. He had one week. And over the next, man, a couple weeks, we're going to cover the things that he poured into his disciples in that moment. The, net, the, the conversation is long. The things that he shared is much. And it, and it comes down through the next few uh, into chapter 14. And so I want to make sure that we spend due time with this But the very first command that he gives to them is to love one another. To love one another. So he set the stage by washing his disciples' feet. This was the first step. He showed them to serve one another. He said, look, I'm your master. I'm your teacher. I'm going to teach you how to do this. First, I'm going to serve you. Now serve one another. Remember, there was a promise attached to it. He said, if you will do this, you will be blessed. And he washed the disciples' feet. He showed them true leaders are going to serve those around them. And then he set that example. Remember, uh, Jesus also said in Mark, just as a reminder, in Mark 9, 33-35, I want you to understand this and see this in Mark 9, 33. It says, after they arrived in Capernaum and settled in the house, Jesus asked his disciples, What were you discussing on the road? But they didn't answer him because they were arguing about which one of them was going to be the greatest. He sat down, called the twelve disciples over to him and said, Whoever wants to be first must take last place and be a servant to everyone else. Throughout Jesus' time with his disciples, he was teaching them these principles, but now he's got them in this one last thing and he's saying, Look, I'm showing you how to do this. First, he showed them how to wash each other's feet, how to care for each other in a very intimate way, to do something that was most of the time reserved for servants or slaves. I'm going to wash your feet. I'm going to love you. And actually, Peter didn't want him to. And Peter said, he told Peter, unless you allow me to do this, you can't follow me. When you think about the religious leaders of that time, it was all about doing what they said about their position and authority. And Jesus is breaking down those walls and saying that if you want to be like me, you've got to serve those around you. If you want to be great in the kingdom of heaven, you must be a servant. You must do as I've done. That was the first break from the normal way of thinking that he was trying to instill in his disciples. The second is what comes next. He's taking it to another level. And the first point today is to love one another. And if you look at verses 34 and 35, this is what he says. Now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I've loved you and you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. 
Aren't we called to reflect Him? And if we're called to reflect Him, how are people going to know that we are His unless we love the way that He loved, unless we love one another? In other words, if we're treating each other like garbage, if we're being mean and rude and selfish with each other, we're not a good reflection of Jesus. We're not reflecting Jesus at all. See, that's part of what's happened in the church is over the years, churches have become so complacent with each other that that they fight over color of carpet, over who's going to lead this ministry, and there's a lot of backbiting and fighting and, and, and all of this stuff. And to the people outside of the church, they're like, we don't want that. We have that already. Why? We don't reflect Jesus well when we don't love each other and treat each other with love and respect. Jesus said, they will know that you are my disciples when you love one another. You know, a lot of people don't reject Jesus as much as they reject those that practice Christianity because we haven't done it well. We haven't done it with love. We've done it by putting people down and treating people terribly. You may have heard this said before, but Christians are the only ones that kick their own wounded. When somebody stumbles and falls, makes a mistake, falls into sin, we kick them and tear them down and tell them how awful they are. Instead of lifting them up and loving on them and helping them to be restored and to, to move forward. Let's face it, we all sin. We all make mistakes. How do we respond? How do we respond to one another? Do we love each other? Our love for one another is a reflection of our love for God and, and how we treat one another. Jesus demonstrated this kind of love when he washed Judas' feet. He knew that Judas was going to betray him. He probably knew that Judas was stealing money. It came up in Scripture that Judas was the treasury, was skimming off the top. There's a lot of things there, but yet the Word tells us at the beginning of chapter 13 that he loved all of his disciples right up to the end, even Judas. I'm sure it broke his heart. Man, if you knew somebody was going to betray you, would you wash their feet and treat them with love? It's hard to do. It's hard to comprehend. Jesus demonstrated that kind of love. I want to switch gears for a minute. We're going to go through a lot of Scripture today because much of the New Testament, I mean a large part of the New Testament, almost all of the New Testament writers wrote about love. It was such a central theme in the early church and such a central theme to Christianity, this idea of love. So I want to look at what love is, and we're going to turn to 1 Corinthians, which Paul wrote on this, and maybe you've heard about this. It's called the love chapter. But 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I'm going to look at the first seven verses, and, and it kind of gives us a picture of love. Let's look at this. In verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 13, it says, If I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, 
I'd be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor, even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Now here's the picture of love. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. Keeps no records of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. There's a lot there, and quite honestly, we miss it on many occasions. I, I read through that list. I'm going, man, I know I don't love the way God loves all the time. I miss it. How often have we not been patient or kind? Or maybe it's just me. How many times have we kept records of wrong? Man, we just keep, man, if you've been in a relationship for a long time, one of the worst things you can do is keep bringing up old hurts and old things. And it's hard. It's really hard to do. Actually, the, the Word tells us that when we ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins and our sins are covered by the blood, they're forgotten. They're as far as the east is from the west. We give them to Him. His sacrifice on the cross covered our sin once and for all. But yet, for us, we don't love that purely. It's hard for us. And we remember these things. When have we let the enemy steal our hope and our endurance and our faith? Love pushes through all these things. Love is a difficult thing. We talk about it. The world loves to talk about, oh, we just need love. And it's true. But we don't always understand what that means and, and how we accomplish it. And how we truly fulfill the greatest commandment that God ever gave us. To love the Lord our God with all our hearts, mind, body, and soul. And to love our neighbor as ourselves. It's a difficult thing. So I want to spend the last little bit is just talking about how we love. I'm not going to give you a bunch of steps. I'm going to read through some scripture. We're going to look at some things where Peter and John and Paul talk about love in scripture. And what that looks like first thing is to understand where love comes from. And I want to go to 1 John, not John, we've been in John, but 1 John 4, 7 through 12. It says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to sacrifice and take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, surely we ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and His love is brought to full expression in us. John tells us that love comes from God, that God is love, and that it's reflected through us because we don't see physically see God in the world right now. We don't see His physical body. Jesus died and He rose again. 
And the only expression of love that anybody ever gets to see from God is through us as believers when we follow him and love well. We're that reflection. That's what John's telling us. We are that reflection of him. Jesus demonstrated when he walked the earth. He loved people that other people had thrown away. He cared for people deeply. He showed his disciples how to love, how to serve, how to care for one another. Learning to view people through the lens of Jesus and understand that they are his creation is how we show that love. And we need to know him in order to do that. We have to be in a right relationship with God. We have to be in right relationship with him and allow the Holy Spirit to work through us so that we can demonstrate that love. Now, Jesus did send us the Holy Spirit. When he ascended into heaven in the book of Acts, he sent us the Holy Spirit to accomplish these things because we can't do it on our own. We don't love the way God loves without the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Even then, we struggle. We love with agendas. We love with a purpose, but, but God loved freely. But he gives the Holy Spirit to help with that. And I love Galatians because it kind of shows us. In Galatians 5, we get something that's called the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5, 22 through 23, it says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. It starts with what? Love. Then joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It says there no, there's no law against these things. If you go back to 1 Corinthians 13, when it talked about all those things in love, it's encapsulated in what the fruit of the Spirit grows in us. When those fruit grow in our lives, what comes out of us is that love. The fertile soil of our lives with the fruit of the Spirit in us, is, it produces that love, that joy, that peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness, and self-control. When we learn to love that way, out of us will pour the love of God. We'll look more and more like Him. If you think about when the church was born in the book of Acts, we spent some time last year, if you've been with us for a while, we, we did a series on the birth of the church and the beginning of the church out of the book of Acts. And it was born in Acts chapter 2 when the outpouring of the Holy Spirit happened. And I want you to see what happened. The Holy Spirit comes down on the believers, on the disciples, and they're gathered together. There's this great event. Peter preaches this powerful message. And the church was born. And you know how they were identified as the church? Look at verses 42 through 47 of Acts chapter 2. It says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and their possessions and shared their money with those in need. They worshiped together in the temple each day, and they met in their homes for the Lord's Supper. And they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. When the fruit of the Spirit grew in the early church, they began to love and care for one another. They sold their possessions. They, they met each other's needs. They, they loved on one another. 
And what happened, the people on the outside wanted what they had, and they were coming to Christ because of what they saw. Because the, the Holy Spirit and the power of God and Jesus was reflected in them. Do you see the beauty of this? Because the Spirit was developed in their lives, it poured out in the way they treated each other. They, the people loved and respected them because they saw how much they loved and respected each other. They wanted what they had. But this can only be accomplished when we're in right relationship with God and when we're in right relationship with each other. Think about that for a second. If we're not in right relationship with God, we, we get short. We, we, we become consumed with ourselves. We become angry. We treat others poorly because we're, we're not in the right place. The right things aren't filling our lives. Part of loving one another is understanding that sometimes we're going to fail. Sometimes we're going to be irritating. Sometimes we're going to mess up. We're going to make mistakes. You ever met that person that's just hard to love, maybe hard to, to care for because there's just difficult things going on in their life? Paul kind of gives us, and so does Peter, some tools to deal with these difficult situations. Ephesians 4, 2-3 says this, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. I love that. Be patient with each other. Make allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Doesn't that sound like what we were talking about? We're not perfect. And so, yeah, we're going to be irritating. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to do things that hurt people sometimes. But when we love one another, we can love through those things. We can help restore each other. We can bring comfort and peace. Sometimes part of being love is saying and doing hard things to help somebody through difficult times. Look what Peter says in 1 Peter 4.8. It says, Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. That doesn't mean we turn a blind eye to sin or to shortcomings, but it means that we share love and grace to our brothers and sisters and help them to grow closer to God because the closer to God we grow, the less we sin, the less we do things that get us out of relationship with Him. The goal is to love one another through all of this and to reflect Jesus well, one, so that we can enter into heaven ourselves, and two, so that we can bring others with us. It comes by loving one another. It says that when we love one another, they will know that we are His disciples. So I just want to summarize this today. It's not a real long message. I just want to summarize it this way. We love each other. starts out first by drawing closer to God and allowing the Holy Spirit to fill us, to allow His love to grow in our lives. And just like anything else that grows, we have to constantly be working at it. We have to constantly make the soil of our hearts ready to receive what God has for us and then allow it to grow in our lives. 
That means we need to be in the Word of God on a regular basis. That needs, means that we need to be praying with Him on a regular basis, that inviting Him into all areas of our lives and allowing the Holy Spirit to saturate us. That means that we need to learn what His Word says and apply it to our lives. And then take what He's given us and then do those things and love the people around us. The second thing is this, by caring for the needs of each other or by serving each other. Like Jesus said, He demonstrated it first by washing the disciples' feet and then by telling them this new command is to love one another. Look at Galatians 5, 13 and 14. Paul says this, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brother and sisters. And he's talking about how we respond to each other. But, if you, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your own sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourselves. We're commanded to love one another. Now, I know right now you're watching this online and you may or may not have relationship with the people that are on this service with you. But we're to love one another. We care for each other. That's why we have the prayer button so that we can do prayer. You can chat with each other. We're trying to build relationship because when we're alone, we don't have support. We don't have people to love us and to help us and to care for us. And then we're not able to take what we've been given and pour it out into other people's lives if we're disconnected. greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. If we're going to reflect Jesus well, we need to love well. And if we're going to love well, it comes by us laying down our own wants, desires, and needs and serving those around us. That doesn't mean that we can't have things, doesn't mean we can't enjoy things, that we don't have our own goals or ambitions. It just means that we put them in the right place, that we put them in the place that we honor God first with them. And the more we bless others, the more God's going to bless us because He blesses us to bless others. It's this reciprocal cycle as we're giving out and caring and loving for others, God's going to continue to give us more and more to give out. I'm not talking about necessarily finances or any... Don't get confused in this. Don't make this about accumulating. It's all about giving out and loving one another. Treating each other with respect. Caring for each other. So how are you doing with love? Remember, love is patient. Love is kind. It's not proud. It's not boastful. It does not envy. Puts others first. I know I need help with love sometimes. I don't do a good job of it. I become consumed with myself. I need the Holy Spirit to help me to grow that love in my life. Now I need His grace and wisdom to love others the way He loves me. How about you? How are you loving others? 
Do you have the love of God in your life? Do you have that right relationship with Him? Is God's love pouring into you so that it can pour out of you? If it's not, let's take a few minutes today and let's get right with God in that. And then ask the Holy Spirit to show us how we can love others. Let's pray together. Father, I come before you right now and I ask that you would forgive us for the way that we've allowed our own desires and passions and things to get in the way of your love for us and our, our ability to love others. Lord, forgive us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit today and help us to know your love. And then, Lord, help us to serve and love one another the way you've called us to. We want to reflect you well. Lord, I pray that you would just fill us with your Spirit today. I pray that each person that's watching this right now would open up their lives to you, that they would allow your love to pour in, that you would fill them with that love, and that, Father, that it would be so much that it would pour out of them into their neighbors, their friends, their family, that they would be a great reflection of you, that people would know that we are yours by the way we love one another and by the way we love them. Father, help us with this very simple and difficult thing. And I pray that you would guide us through this. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I want to thank you for worshiping with us today. Man, take this and go do it. Share the love of God with somebody this week. And that's more than just telling them about Jesus. That's actually doing and loving them. Caring for them right where they're at. We love you. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Have a great week.